from our A-League to the English Premier League. From the man you read to a Brazilian named Fred. From the Socceroos to the latest round ball news. From Harry Kuehl's tattoo to Cantona's Kung Fu. Want to hear the best world football show on the planet? Well, stand in queue. For Hyundai A-League. Fan made. Get behind your local club. Muchas gracias, Four Diego's. Welcome, amigos. This is the Four Diego's across Australia. My name's Carlos Alberto Diego. With me today is Rodrigo Rodriguez, Cactus Chris Couch, and Jose Throbbing Blue Vein Gorgonzola. We're four blokes who love our world footy, and we want to tell you all about it. So, Rodrigo, what's on the show tonight? Well, Carlos, tonight we share a special treachery in Zurich soft sombrero moment with Fairfax football writer Dan Silkstone. And the Diego's congratulate Qatar for its 2022 World Cup bid win, and then ask the question... <laughs> How the hell did this mob actually get it? <laughs> yes, and we talk Russia's triumph in the race to host the 2018 World Cup, England's quest for revenge, the latest A-League news, and much, much more. So all you sensitive hooligans out there, hang on your sombreros. Coming up, how it all went down in Zurich. Rodrigo will tell us all about it, so stay tuned across Australia. This is the Four Diego's. Triple M. Taste the Perth glory. Hear the Brisbane roar. For Hyundai A-League, fan-made. Get behind your local club. It's the Four Diego's on Triple M. You're with Carlos, Rodrigo, Cactus and Jose on the Four Diego's across Australia. You can join us right here every week for your dose of world footy, Diego style. Coming up, Cactus tells us what a World Cup in Qatar will do for the world. But first, Rodrigo, it's painful, I know. But remind us of the events in Zurich this week. Well, Carlos, we're not here to feast on the carcass of the World Cup bid. We're here to state facts, or something like that. <laughs> now, let's state the facts first. Uh, with 2022, the FIFA World Cup, Qatar, just in case you've been living on Mars and you don't know that Qatar have got the World Cup, they got 14 votes. It's pretty hot on Mars too, you know. Yeah, well, Mars needs Qatar's. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about Very that. clever. Yes, and the USA got eight votes in the uh, fourth round. Now, Australia, let's go back to round one, when Australia only got one vote. Yep. Surprise, surprise. It was an absolute surprise. Japan and South Korea lasted till round three and also the USA. They, they were played as well, as well as we were. Now, I know who gave us the vote. I've got the inside word. I was, I got a, I got a midnight phone call from uh, an unidentified man in Zurich. Yeah, it wasn't Rolf Harris, was it? Qatar. <laughs> Qatar gave us the vote. Mohammed bin Hammam. <laughs> yeah, right. Now, I want to tell you why. There's a backstory. Yep. Mohammed bin Hammam knew that they'd, they'd already received 11 votes. Yeah. They couldn't win it in the first round. It yeah. would have looked dodgy. Oh, yeah. Mm. So, they went and vo- so he went and voted for Australia and then strung it out for four rounds. That's the, uh, that's the classic dummy vote. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, he'll need our vote when he challenges Sepp Blatter for the FIFA presidency yeah. uh, in May next year. So very clever by Mohammed. Mm. Well, he was looking to challenge uh, Sepp Blatter, but he's not now, apparently. Anyway, one vote equals $46 million. That's how much a vote costs, which means the Qatar spent around $644 million for their 14 votes. And yeah. that's just to get in the door, I reckon. Qatar, you know, they played, as I said earlier, the rest of the countries on an absolute break. The secrecy, Carlos, around the secret ballot. Apparently, everyone knew the result an hour before the yeah. great Sepp the Rat Blatter announced Qatar. Well, of course, we've got a special soft sombrero moment with Dan Silkstone coming up very soon. He'll give us the ins and outs of that uh, leaked uh, story. But it was the ultimate survivor blindside, wasn't it, guys? Uh, voted off uh, the, uh, the island, uh, of course, uh, with the way they did it. Didn't see it coming, and the boys were absolutely shattered. Oh, they absolutely were, and um, we, we got smashed by our own confederation. And this was, you know, preordained right from the start. South Korea were there, Japan were there, Qatar were there. The US and Australia, I'm afraid, uh, you know, we didn't see it coming. 
Now, how would you like to be an air conditioning company around about 2022? <laughs> Mark Taylor and Fujitsu, <laughs> yeah, they're going to go ballistic. Well, there'll be 12 refrigerators <laughs> that are going to be built uh, that can hold 40,000 people. <laughs> if I was Bob Brown of the Greens, I'd set up a branch in Doha because uh, I feel sorry for the environment come 2022. This is not a green bid. Exactly right. We'll talk. Of course, today is a special Diego's Look at the World Cup bid uh, over the whole show. A couple of fantastic special soft sombrero moments coming up. So stay with us across Australia. This is the 40 Agos. Arriba! Triple M. Feel North Queensland's fury. Get Adelaide United for Hyundai A-League. Fan made. Go to aleague.com.au for tickets. It's the 40 Agos on Triple M. If you want to get in touch with the Diego's, drop us a line at diegos at 40agos.com. That's F-O-U-R-D-I-E-G-O-S.com. Also, join us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash 40agos. Coming up, Jose talks about how he would have handled the World Cup bid presentation. But first, Cactus, your thoughts on Qatar winning the right to host the 2022 World Cup? Yeah, I just want to talk about uh, Qatar, the country, and what we can expect uh, come 2022. Now, Cactus, should we actually congratulate the... Those oh. Small Emirates, they did so mm. well, you know, uh, it was the eye of the tiger, they were yeah. small, they, many people say undeserving to win it, but they've come out on top. Congratulations from the 40 Diego. Absolutely. They almost won it in round one. <laughs> they got 11 votes. They really did. They, yeah. they blindsided everyone. If it wasn't for Mohammed bin, they would have. I think they won it two and a half years ago, quite frankly. Yes. <laughs> well, apparently they've been building stadiums for over six months. And actually, I think the dead giveaway was when uh, the whole bid team came into the announcement area with Vuvuzelas and yes. all. They were high-fiving everyone, congratulating everyone, signing autographs too. It's yeah, bo- boomboxes on their shoulders. <laughs> now, um, Qatar is a country that's considered progressive uh, in the Middle East because they allow women to drive, so that's a really nice thing uh, for Qatar to be able to do. Now, if you're gay, yep. don't go to the World Cup. <laughs> it's illegal to be gay. Okay, anyone who, who supports Palermo? That's well, right. it's illegal to be gay, yep. um, but it is also illegal for men and women to show affection amongst yep. each other, but it's not illegal for men and men to show affection okay. in Qatar. So yep. illegal to be gay, yep. but men can show affection towards uh, each other, but don't do it if you're a if you're a man and a woman. Now, over the past 12 years... You've you just confused the Green oh, and Gold Army. Yeah, yeah. everyone's completely confused, confused <laughs> the Green and Gold Army. There, there goes our tour, Carlos. <laughs> everyone is confused. Now, of course, Qatar have to build 12 stadiums. Qatar, the country, can fit into Tasmania three times. <laughs> they need to build 12 yep. world-class stadiums, or I think they've already got three of them. They need to build nine more. 10 of the 12 stadiums are going to be within 30 kilometres of each other. It's going to take an hour maximum to get to any stadium in the country. They're going to expect 400,000 fans coming to a country that has 50,000 hotel beds and has a population of 1.5 million. They're going to be the world sporting capital, seriously. (laughs) With one stadium per 5,000 head of capita, that's unbelievable. Now, uh, just with, you know, the the whole gay issue, now they obviously want to clean that up before the 2022 World Cup. Yep. So will the motto for the World Cup be... Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> Very, good. Very good. I remember when the Rugby World Cup was on. It was in France, I believe, and there was the poster of the scrum and the two French guys in the front row kissing. It was yeah. the friendly Rugby Union <laughs> yeah, World Cup. Yeah. I can only imagine what the posters in Qatar will be like come 2022. Well, I cannot wait uh, for Qatar coming. Look, we've lost it, so we've got to congratulate them. We've got to embrace this World Cup. First time in uh, the Middle East, uh, Muslim country, our Arab friends. Let's get out there and support it. Uh, slip slop slap though. Yeah, far be from us not to foster the stereotype here, Carlos. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, thanks, right there, Cactus. Coming up, Jose gives us his take on Australia's final World Cup bid presentation. So stay tuned across Australia. This is the Four Diego's. Triple M.
Taste the Melbourne victory. Get on board the Central Coast Mariners. For Hyundai A-League fan made. Get behind your local club. It's the Four Diegos on Triple M. Jose, you have an alternative to Australia's final World Cup bid presentation. Yeah, absolutely. I think we've learnt a lesson. And for our next bid, when it 2032, they're talking, Jose. Yes. Well, by that time, we'll rename FIFA. It's now going to be called the (laughs) Corrupt Crusty Boys Club. And uh, the the Corrupt Crusty Boys Club, you know, when you want to put in a presentation to them, you don't boast infrastructure. You don't boast, you know, stadiums, cute jumping animals. It bores them, Jose. It does. It bores them. Let me set the scene. Mm. All right, you, you dim the lights. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, first of all, you have lava lamps on every table. <laughs> yeah. And you have a, a plate with uh, party pies, sausage rolls, some uh, some sayo biscuits. Oh, sayo yeah. biscuits with the, you know, the little onions, the pickled onions <laughs> with the cabana in, in Australian colours. Green Absolutely. and gold. You make it fantastic. Perfect. Yeah. And then uh, with the video presentation. Yep. Porn. <laughs> you just bring on the porn. Now, Jose, what type of porn do we go? The SBS jiggy jiggy porn? Do we uh, go Alvin Purple? Start it, yeah, titillate them with a little bit of SBS jiggy porn yep. to start off with. Yep. And then, hosted uh, by Les Murray? Absolutely. You have an intermission. Yeah. At intermission, you pass around the paper bags, <laughs> which has a potato cake in it. <laughs> a greasy potato cake. Yeah. And... Uh, and then you bring on the better stuff after, what, what, the, after yeah, the break. I, I don't get the whole potato potato cake bit. Oh, you know, the, you, you know feed the whole, them cake. Yes. Oh, yeah, sorry, is that just for, oh, oh, just for feeding? Yeah, yeah. just okay, for feeding. Right, just, just for feeding. Yeah. Now all this, yep. I reckon for about ten thousand dollars, <laughs> I think you could absolutely have, hold yeah. the uh, best little presentation. Mm. That would leave us with about forty-two million nine hundred and ninety thousand dollars <laughs> left over. Yeah. Yeah, that we could spend on, you know. Brilliant, Jose. Do we, uh, do we, once the video's been run, do we put the little bowl with the keys? <laughs> yeah. Does yes. that happen next? Yes. How do you recreate the stench of urine in the room? And, 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 <laughs> and, and, and the video, it's not, it's not DVD quality. Let's yeah. go the old 8 mil on the reel. <laughs> yeah. Because they want it, you know, nothing better than rewinding and winding and rewinding mm. and winding and, and watching the little hole get burned into the reel. <laughs> Jenna yeah, Jamison, we it. need you to, to be <laughs> the head of our next World Cup. Bit. Jose, brilliant. Stay tuned. Across Australia, this is the Four Diego's. Triple M. Feel the Melbourne heart. Soar with the Newcastle Jets. For Hyundai A-League. Fan made. Go to aleague.com.au for tickets. It's the Four Diego's on Triple M. You can join us right here every week for your dose of world footy Diego style. Coming up, it's a special soft sombrero moment with Fairfax football journo Dan Silkstone. But first, Jose, let's take a look at the winners and losers in the race for the 2018 World Cup. Absolutely. Now, first of all, we should also congratulate the Russians oh, yeah. on getting yeah. the 2018 uh, World Cup. Well, Roman Abramovich. Right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> now, they, they did. the Russians did come out with a, a statement saying that everything was done in the right way <laughs> There was no collusion no. Yeah. at all. So yeah. obviously you can take from that that there was. The English are absolutely, they're just dark on this, aren't I, they? I love the way they've retaliated. Oh, We've been very classy about the whole thing, but they've yeah. just taken down the gutter, haven't they? Yeah. They don't want revenge, Jose. They have. They've, they've actually called Russia a mafia state. They have. They've pulled the pin on a friendly against yeah. Thailand. Is Thailand <laughs> part of Russia all they're of a sudden? Well, well, no. The Thai uh, member on the executive committee yeah. promised them his vote and then subsequently didn't give it. Yeah. <laughs> really? So that, now, that surprises me, Kat. Now they're pulled out of the friendly. But, you know, when you've got the prince there, you've got the prime minister, and you've got your most known industry in David Beckham, you expect to get more than two votes. If you look at them in the eye, nice guys, you look at them in the eye and you lie, you've got to pay the price. There's a price to be paid here, Jose. Oh, absolutely. The executives actually came up, they kissed the prime minister (laughs) 
on the right cheek. Or, or, on the right two, cheek. Was it two cheeks or one cheek? Uh, it was just one cheek. And oh, one you, cheek. you know, that's the Judas well, kiss. Well, that's, yeah, that's a lie. Yeah, yeah, that's a lie. Why were they calling uh, the FIFA guys the ex-cons? Is it ex-con? <laughs> ex-con. Yes. Oh, ex-con, yes. sorry, yes. Yeah, it's amazing. You take your Prime Minister and you take your one of your monarchs, mm. and, uh, you know, you're branded as arrogant. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, go figure. Is that why Vladimir Putin stayed out of there? Yep. Was, he, was, just, was he just in a back room? Oh, yeah. You know, he said, I'm going to stay in Russia, but was he just locked away in a room? Because he got there very, very quickly after they won. Well, you know that there's something wrong with that bid in that, or the winning that bid when their own journos are coming out, and by the way, they get killed if they say anything <laughs> yeah. against the government. They're coming out and saying, well, how the hell are we going to pay for this, by the way? <laughs> yeah. We're talking about 50 million, billion, uh, billion, billion. sorry, 50 billion, uh, uh, or euros, and I don't know what that is in uh, rubles or gas money. Or... It's a lot, Carlos. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. Salt from the mines. <laughs> um, now, look, the Russians and the Qataris at the same time were both criticised as the worst bids by the technical FIFA assessment. So it says a lot for the technical FIFA assessment. But the motto of FIFA, Jose, is for the good of the game. Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah, almost, you know, that's game. almost uh, vindication or that's almost saying that you're going to get it. Yeah. <laughs> next time next time I hear that, yeah. that means that country's going to get yeah. the uh, World Cup. Now, the, the Spanish, they were a little bit more modest. They actually said that, uh, you know, why would we want to go to a World Cup where stadiums look like uh, spaceships, <laughs> you know? Rather than playing at the Bernabeu or the Camp Nou, oh, yeah. he said, they said that the world's just gone mad. It has. And look, uh, Spain and Portugal should never have got it, by the way. No, uh, th- there was rumoured they were in collusion with uh, Qatar in the That's first right. place. They just feel aggrieved because Qatar got in with their votes and Spain didn't get in with theirs. But I'm actually looking forward to the retaliation by England. There is a talk about a breakaway FIFA. Uh, where England, Australia, and the US, and Jose, you're very close to the people of Malta. Apparently, they're joining too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll join. Do you, do you, yeah. do you think it'd be easy to uh, qualify for that World Cup? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll get the semi final every uh, every uh, rotation. Next up here on the Four Diego's, we catch up with Dan Silkstone, a Fairfax football writer. So stay with us across Australia. This is the Four Diego. With the Wellington Phoenix. Get Gold Coast United. For Hyundai A League fan made. Get behind your local club. It's the Four Diego's on Triple M. If you want to get in touch with the Diego's, drop us a line at Diego's at 4diego's.com. That's F-O-U-R-D-I-E-G-O-S.com. And you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash 4diego's. Coming up, Cactus gives us his drinking guide to Qatar. But first, in the aftermath of the World Cup bid announcement on Friday, we caught up with Fairfax football writer Dan Silkstone in Zurich. I started by asking Dan, what the hell went wrong? Still trying to figure it out a little bit, but uh, it's slowly becoming clearer, but... The really basic uh, version of it, I suppose, is we got screwed. Uh, a lot of people uh, suggested they were going to vote for us, and uh, we believed them, perhaps foolishly, perhaps naively, but uh, FIFA's a pretty big, bad world out there, and it turned out when they went into that secret little room, only one of them bothered to put their hand up for Australia. Well, as it turned Dan, it's Cactus here, mate. As it turned out, it wasn't a particularly secret little room because there were reports that Qatar had won the bid an hour before... Set Blatter went on stage. Can you tell us about the journos finding out pre-announcement about Qatar winning the winning the uh, the cup? Yeah, look, it swept through the room. It's a pretty big uh, convention centre with a lot of journalists in there, and journalists like to gossip. And word went around maybe uh, an hour or so beforehand that uh, the Qataris had arrived and were looking very very chuffed and very happy with themselves. Um, and then a whisper a little bit closer to the time that uh, Al Jazeera had, uh, was about to report that Qatar and Russia would win the two respective World Cups. 
um, we sort of chose to hope that it was just a bad rumour, but um, sure enough, when we got in there, and in fact, Lucas Neal said afterwards, he said uh, he walked into the auditorium feeling really confident, and as soon as he saw the Qatari delegation with these smiles plastered all over their faces, laughing and, and joking with each other, he knew how nervous the Australians were, and he could see how nervous everybody else was, and he realised it was just it was already over. Now, Dan, it's Rodrigo Rodriguez. Is there any truth to the rumour that uh, you're on the receiving end of a hug from Mohammed bin Hammam <laughs> um, just before the vote? <laughs> no, there's no, no truth in that. I really do think that, um, obviously, he's a very powerful and influential figure in uh, FIFA. And, and from the outside, without knowing all the details yet, it would seem that he's orchestrated this beautifully. And when you look at the patterns of the voting, you see... Some real weird irregularities, like uh, Japan getting three a surprise three votes in the first round, and and then getting less votes in the second round. You see uh, Qatar getting 11 votes in the first round, and then getting 10 votes in the second round, and then back up to 11. So, what the pattern really looks like is that there was one person who had uh, the reins, who had control over quite a few votes. And he was sort of shifting them around in, uh, in a way in order to orchestrate the order in which uh, his opponents were eliminated. Unfortunately, we came pretty early in that order. This is the Fort Diego Soft Sombrero moment with Dan Silkstone from Zurich. Uh, Dan, it's Carlos. Uh, Frank Lowy, uh, the amount of work he's put in, he, he won't get to see a World Cup in Australia now unless he probably lives till he's 150 or something like that. <laughs> Uh, have you caught up with Frank? Uh, they cleared out pretty soon after that. They, they spoke for quite a long time and, and they, they were really admirable afterwards because the way the whole thing panned out was, was really quite disgraceful. I mean, Australia um, initially was disappointed. They, they saw that Qatar had won, um, but they, they came out and they, they talked well and they said they were proud of the bid that they'd put together. Um, that they thought it had been a close-run thing and that they'd been able to muster significant support and that they'd done their best. And FIFA had said all along that it wasn't going to release the number of votes that uh, each nation polled. <laughs> For some strange reason, they backflipped on that and promptly emailed them to several thousand journalists. And uh, times being what they are these days, everyone has a BlackBerry or an iPhone. And so in the middle of Frank Lowy and Ben Buckley uh, giving their interviews, they were suddenly told that uh, Australia had not performed very credibly at all, that Australia had only mustered one vote. And the disbelief on their faces at being told that, the shock and the horror and the realisation that, you know, people they they always sort of had come to regard as, as friends or allies had lied to them, was, it was really, you could see the distress there. And, and for Frank, I think, it's obviously been something that he sees as both the legacy that he'll leave for, for the game he loves and, and a sort of a gift to his adopted country. It's something that he's been indefatigable in chasing after and you could just see that he, he really was quite shattered by it and, and you, did, you did feel for him. You're listening to a special Soft Sombrero moment with Fairfax football journo Dan Silkstone, our man in Zurich during the World Cup bid announcement. Coming up, it's more of Dan, so stay tuned. This is the Four Diego's Across Australia. Triple M. Get with Sydney FC for Hyundai A-League. Fan made. Go to aleague.com.au for tickets. It's the Four Diego's on Triple M. Welcome back. This is the Four Diego's. We're talking to Dan Silkstone, Fairfax football journo in Zurich. 
Dan, the bidding process obviously stunk. Will you now spend every waking moment getting stuck in the FIFA over it? Oh, I'm not sure. I certainly wouldn't mind a couple of days off at the moment. <laughs> it's been a fairly hectic process here. But look, I think there's a lot of scepticism about FIFA. And when you look at you know, the way this whole thing has been conducted, it's very, very hard to maintain a high level of faith in the governing body and, and the processes it's put in place. I mean, they have this technical inspection regime where they set up criteria which is supposed to, to meet. You, you compile these incredibly complex bid documents. They send inspectors down to it, your country and you're supposed to show them around and they write voluminous reports and the reports praise you and say, you know, that you've got a wonderful bid. And what we see then is that the two countries that got the absolute diabolical worst reports are the two that are rewarded with the tournaments. You know, the two countries that were deemed to be the highest risks, um, the, the, the ones worst positioned to host this tournament, um, are promptly handed the tournament on a platter. So, I mean, it just makes it quite clear that the process is a bit of a sham process, I think, in some regards at least, and that really all that matters is, is the politicking and the vote gathering and the vote swapping. And Dan, you add on to that also the fact that it's really promises that uh, Qatar's offering here in their proposal. You know, apparently their half-hour... You know, video beforehand was fantastic, uh, you know, but uh, everything about the futuristic stadiums, uh, you know, the uh, the air-conditioned country and, and everything else they're promising, the dismantling of stadiums and, and, and shipping them off to different uh, countries, you know, poor countries around the world, uh, that's all promises. And uh, we know that Dubai's having a few financial problems at the moment as a country. I mean, what's stopping... Uh, Qatar having the same thing within 12 months. That, that's what really puzzles me about this. There's not much substance. It's all promises for the future. It is absolutely built on sand, uh, forgive the pun, but <laughs> I sat through that presentation, which should have won multiple Academy Awards. It took me uh, one of the biggest uh, cynics about the Qatari bid. I've been very critical of it. Uh, after 10 minutes of that, I was a believer. I mean, it was so slick. <laughs> I mean, the whole thing is based on something that doesn't exist. They, they showed vision of the Qatari skyline in 2022, this glittering skyscrapers. It looked like New York crossed with Blade Runner, only better. <laughs> and you thought, wow, this place is fantastic. But the problem is it doesn't exist. Dan, I'm just concerned that there's not an air conditioner big enough to put on the sun, and how are they going to get it there? <laughs> I'm just concerned about how Qatar are going to make this work. Just worried. Yeah, look, look, it's going to be a fun, a fun-filled World Cup, provided that you don't want to uh, be outside, uh, <laughs> drink a beer, or be in the vicinity of a scantily clad female. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if any of you gentlemen have been to a World Cup, but mm. they'd probably be. Football aside, if you had football, that'd be your top four World Cup experiences right there. So. They're starting behind the eight ball, but uh, they've got $50 billion to spend uh, on getting it right. So, you know, who knows what they can do with that sort of money. Well, as always, the Diego's know that Sepp Blatter will come out in a couple of months and say, look, if Qatar can't do it, Australia will be the backup plan. <laughs> we always have the backup plan there, Dan. Look, thanks for joining us, mate. We've loved your writing uh, in the lead-up to this. Uh, you really clarified a lot of the uh, process. In the end, you got it all wrong like the rest of us anyway. <laughs> but congratulations, mate. You... I cheated you all into believing. Yeah, you tried so hard. In the end, I think in one of your last uh, articles, uh, you sort of said, 
said, mate, I haven't got a clue either. <laughs> so, so good stuff, mate. Thanks for joining us, and uh, and of course we'll catch up with you in a couple of weeks. No worries. Cheers. That was a soft sombrero moment with Fairfax football journo Dan Silkstone in Zurich. Next up, Cactus tells us how to get a drink in Qatar. So stay tuned. This is the Four Diego's across Australia. Triple M. Taste the Perth glory. Hear the Brisbane roar. For Hyundai A-League, fan made. Get behind your local club. It's the Four Diego's on Triple M. Cactus, what will we have to do to get a drink in Qatar? Yeah, it's going to be tough. Now, we know that the Islamic religion forbids the consumption of alcohol, but there's no prohibitions of, on using alcohol for scientific, yep. medical, yep. industrial, yeah. or automotive use. <laughs> okay. So I'm tipping if we lose yep. and we're really upset, yep. it's medicinal. <laughs> That's right. We're allowed to use it now. And Jose's always got a problem with his car, <laughs> so we can also just siphon the petrol out of there and, you know, absolutely, and get stuck into that. The way we drink, it's industrial, really. Yes. <laughs> now, the, the good news is there is a place in Doha to buy alcohol. The yep. bad news is there's only one place <laughs> in the whole country. That's okay, because it's such a small country now. It's called the Qatar Distribution Centre. It's in Doha. Now, if you're going to the Cup, if you're lucky enough to get there, um, it's a really convenient location, because Qatar has exactly one international airport. <laughs> it's in Doha, so yeah. you can just uh, make your way straight there. So what you're saying, Cactus, is that uh, they can actually put alcohol at the petrol bowser, so you have unleaded, you have the uh, you know super turbocharged, and you have scotch. Well, kind of, but uh, there's a small catch to buying liquor in uh, in Qatar. You need a license. You basically need a license to purchase anything. Now, licenses to buy alcohol cost 275 US dollars. Yep, cheap. But you can only buy one if you're a resident. Uh, so, if you're a tourist, yeah. you're not drinking. I'm seeing a whole banged up abroad series of the Green and Gold Army here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm right. seeing jailed blokes with stories to tell, many Australians in yep. many of those big houses in Qatar. Well, they're talking about needing 90,000 hotel rooms. They're going to need about 150,000 <laughs> prison cells. Now, uh, another thing about drinking in Qatar... Cactus, you just go missing over there anyway. I'll, I'll go missing, yeah. Um, you can, you can only transport alcohol from the place you buy at the Qatar Distribution Centre to the to your home. So if you're caught taking it anywhere else, yeah. you can be uh, thrown in the slammer. And uh, if you're caught inebriated in public, again, you yeah. can be thrown in the slammer. So yeah. uh, you're in trouble. Well, Craig Moore can maybe teach us a couple yeah. of lessons how to get out of that anyway. <laughs> he but, can be uh, an ambassador. <laughs> exactly right. Dubai's going to be one big jail, isn't it? It's going, to be, it's going to be the colony, you know, the penal colony. And how do you think the neighbouring countries of Qatar are going to react when the Western world invades, yeah. gets drunk yeah. in the streets yeah. of a Muslim country? Yeah. It's going to be interesting how they react. Yeah. And everyone's address is the stadium. <laughs> That's right. Thanks very much, Cactus. Chris Couch, of course, we'll keep on coming back to Cactus because we've got 12 years to prepare for this. But uh, thanks, mate. Uh, next up, it's an A-League update with Rodrigo Rodriguez. Stay with us across Australia. This is the Four Diego's. Arriba! Triple M. Feel North Queensland's fury. Get Adelaide United for Hyundai A-League. Fan made. Go to aleague.com.au for tickets. It's the Four Diego's on Triple M. Welcome back. This is the Four Diego's across Australia. You're with Carlos, Cactus, Jose and Rodrigo. Rodrigo, what's the latest A-League news? What A-League? 
Oh, there is an A-League, of course. Let's <laughs> it's the most about... important thing on the agenda, Rodrigo. From now on, Carlos, Central Coast Mariners defeated Sydney FC 4-0 at Blue Tongue Stadium. Uh, Kwasnick scored twice in front of a crowd of 7,160. Absolute thrashing there for Sydney FC. Great result for Central Coast. Newcastle Jets defeated North Queensland Fury at home uh, 2-0. The, front... Be- the Beckham factor is kicking in. They oh, beat yeah. David Beckham's side. They can beat the world now. Yeah. Well, they're actually beautifully placed too, Newcastle. They're uh, two games in hand and they're uh, just one point out of the six. And the big game of the weekend was on Friday night between Melbourne Victory and Brisbane Raw at Amy Park in front of 12,000 odd people. Three all was a fantastic result. Brisbane were 2-0 up at half time. Playing beautiful football from all reports, uh, oh, Rodrigo. Absolutely. Barcelona-like, Carlos. <laughs> Didn't want to give the ball to Victory. They were getting hugely frustrated too, but they turned things around at half time, I hear. Well, they were, they were 2-0 up at half time. Brisbane, uh, Victory scored three goals in the second half, and really, they deserve to win. They were very unlucky. Let's talk about uh, Michael Theoklatos. Just uh, must have felt like he was playing basketball or something because he was <laughs> over a metre outside his area. Yep. Um, he had the ball in his hand. The referee said, no, play on. He, he just thumped the ball forward, and uh, Matt Mackay got a, a fairly lucky goal right at the end there to 93 minutes. All the Champions teams do it, though, uh, yeah. Rodrigo, whether it's a, you know a, a, something that, it was deemed lucky in this case. Uh, all the champion teams, you, they just don't stop right to the end. Well, Man United are one such team. Uh, they... I knew you were going to bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But all the great sides can win you know, at the depth. Uh, as long as there's seconds left, they can do it. But and... after the game, Rodrigo, tell us about what happened there because there was a bit of a, a, bit of a ta-ta-ta between, uh, <laughs> between Muskie and, uh, and the goalkeeping coach of the Raw. French people all around <laughs> the world right. just turning in their graves there. Cactus. <laughs> but uh, there was Kevin Musket. Uh, you know, he's an angry young man. He's not happy about the bid result. No, he was. He's, he was. Just, he's just not happy with what's going on at FIFA. Yeah. He had to exact revenge somewhere. Mm. Well, there was afters, Carlos, yes. between he and the uh, Raw's goalkeeping coach. Uh, fair to say that Kevin Musket reacted angrily to a statement that uh, yeah. the goalkeeping coach uh, said, and he gave me a little short, sharp jab with an yeah. open hand yeah. no, to, the, to the stomach. He punched him. Yeah. Surely it wasn't just a tap, you know, well, a little Mark, playful tap to the stomach. A love tap. Mark Bosnich was calling it handbags. Oh, yeah. He was calling it handbags. Now, if I was uh, Kevin Musket with my reputation, I wouldn't want to be, you know, calling it handbags. Mm. I'd want to be investigated here. Um, I'm sure he will be investigated. We've got to leave it there, Rodrigo. Thank you very much, Cactus. Thanks, Rodrigo. Thanks, Jose. I'm Carlos Alberto. Remember, for your dose of world footy, tune in to the Four Diego's right here every week. If you want to contact us, uh, drop us a line at diegos at fordiegos.com. That's F-O-U-R-D-I-E-G-O-S.com. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash Diego's, and you can check out our podcast at fordiegos.com. So remember, Rodrigo. Wherever Puerto Rican girls hang out. We'll be there. Yeah, wherever you samba, rumba and la bamba, we'll, we'll be, be there. there. Wherever there are girls with fruit on their head and balls at their feet, we'll, we'll be, be there. there. Wherever Gringos play football, we'll, we'll be, be there. there. We are the Diego's. Olé! Olé! Triple M.